Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Final hour of the program. Let's go straight to the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We'll start with you, Bag, this morning. Good morning to you. Talking about participation AFL, the NRL, the never-ending debate, where the money's coming from and where it needs to go. Your thoughts? Yeah, good morning, Matty. Look, clearly the NRL's trying to raise revenue and get eyes on the game, but that participation, it just seems these days in society, people with their employment obligations and otherwise, it just reaches a certain level where people participate in sport where they get paid at at an adult level, and I don't begrudge players from getting paid, but... If they're not, if the money's not there, well, they're just simply not playing the game anymore. Well, that's it. Yeah, the money's got to be there, and it's a it's a money game, isn't it? So I understand completely what the NRL are trying to do in America. I absolutely understand it. And the more and more we dig into it, and the more information we get, we know what it's about. Um, but on the other side, I guess you've got this sport that's been cashed up and is being very aggressive anyway. So. Is where where does grassroots sit for you, Bag, in this whole conversation? Well, there's, there's got to be there's got to be money put into the infrastructure there at a younger level, or not a younger level, at a grassroots level to use that term, so people are playing the game. But my big mm. concern is is that we reach a certain point where that you know, kids get older, and unless they've got the ability to go out there and get the money to play the game, well, they just go off to the local gym and maintain their fitness in that particular area. Probably a bigger concern for rugby union where they haven't got leagues, clubs, and a lot to support teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, leagues club. I mean, the you know the support of leagues clubs has changed dramatic, dramatically, hasn't it? And that that came and went with the pokies uh, and and the way that it affected leagues clubs. So you've got to get your money from somewhere. But as you're saying, it's got to be there when they get through to that stage of making that decision. Okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to try and make my life as a footballer? If the money's there, then I'll keep going and the pathways and all that kind of stuff. Um, or do I just go off and, and make my own way in life as a tradie or, or in some other aspect of work and keep myself fit and happy that way? So it's an interesting balance, mate, and a good perspective. Thank you for that. Uh, the lines are nice and chock-a-block to start this 11 o'clock hour. Greg from San Susie, good morning to you, Greg. I'm interested in your take on this. Um, interesting. couple of things, Matty. Um the AFL, and it's come to me from an impeccable source, are actually paying teachers to get into schools and act as um, uh, you know, sub-teachers to get in there and promote the game from within the schools at ground level. That's, uh, they're taking the cost away from, um, from the education department uh, because they don't have to pay the, uh, the wages of, um, of sub-teachers. 
and they're promoting the game. Oh. So, mate, if, if you've okay. got a big war chest... haven't heard that mate, one, but... Yeah, well, yeah, I can yeah, tell you... Yeah, yeah, well, if, if you've got the money. Yep, yep. Mm. Um, I, I'd be very interested to find out at what level uh, rugby league players are play, paid. Are they paid to play A-grade football locally? Because I can tell you that in football, well, can, the yes. reason that we're... In football, people are being paid at... Uh, the fifth tier of the game, NPL three, people are going out and earning three hundred bucks a game, and that's why mm. kids are paying such exorbitant fees to um, to go out and play uh, to play the game locally. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a that's another another discussion I reckon that you and I should have, Greg, about where where the heck does all the money go, um, especially in your sport of football. But yes, let me take it back to rugby league. Yes, you can still get paid. Some players do, some players don't. Um, varying amounts. I don't know what the what the going rate is, say, for an A-grade footy player at the moment. But I will say that um, the junior leagues, say, I played only a couple of seasons at junior league, and I certainly didn't get paid anything because I was st- still fresh out of school. But the junior league systems um, have, have drastically changed. I, I don't know where the money is going to at that level, but it's drastically changed about how they are how they are run and who's playing them, depending on what area you're in. So I think that the ultimate thread of this part of the discussion that we're having is that we all agree that it's all about money. And if the AFL's got truckloads of it at the moment and know where they're going to send it, then the NRL certainly needs to know where they're going to send it as well and how they're going to get it. Um, thank you, Greg. I need to move on because Shane has got his thoughts as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is what we love, this, this open debate here and information that's coming in. Let me know your thoughts. G'day, Shane. Yeah, Matty. I'll tell you why the NRL isn't too concerned about the Aussie rules coming into New South Wales and Queensland. There's no got, there's no Aussie rules posts in New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, very few in Western Sydney and very few in Western Brisbane. The majority of juniors now are Islander heritage. 20 years ago, it was about 30%. Now it's over 50%. Within another 10 years... 60% of NRL players will be Islander Heritage. And they don't play Aussie rules. Mm-hmm. They simply just do not play the game. And that's our strength. Western Sydney, Penrith has a conveyor belt of young Islander kids in Mount Druid, St Mary's, Blacktown, all those areas out there. Same in, um, in Western Brisbane. And New Zealand is just a, it's, it's the smorgasbord. Tonga, Samoa, that's where they're all coming from. I know little Johnny in the bush, it's sort of romantic. But it just doesn't happen because there's no work in the bush. All the young blokes are leaving the bush towns because they're dying. They go and work in the mines in Queensland or Western Australia. It's not like it was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, things have changed. You make a really good point about uh, the demographics of the, of the current rugby league player and the future rugby league player versus the demographics of the AFL player. So... That, that's going to play out in its own in its own way, isn't it? I reckon that's a really good point and, and one that's smack bang right in front of us right now. So you make an awesome point on that one. What the AFL have been very smart at, in my opinion, for, for quite a number of years is making sure that they've got money in the bank, right? They've, they've been very, very, very smart about all of that side of it and their participation, but knowing where to put that money. Now, they're not the greatest sports administrators in the world, 
and they'll make mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But they've been very, very smart at targeting what they need where they need it. And they've been doing that in all particular ways, some that we don't even know about, but that's their job. So how does that affect NRL going forward and other sports? There are a whole heap of things to come into play, including, as you say, what type of players are playing rugby league, what type of players are playing AFL. It's a really broad discussion. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate that, mate. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you've got your thoughts, let me know. Let me know. Blokes are getting, by the way, the bags texted back. Blokes are getting 800, 1200 bucks a game for, say, Newcastle Rugby League. So, yeah, I knew money was out there. I don't know what it is at the moment. Can you let me know how much the AFL spent on the Gold Coast and GWS teams over the last decade for little or no response? I don't know the number, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's a heck of a lot. Uh, the Pearl says, so essentially the play-in is a five-team final series with six teams. Sounds like the BBL final series, clear as a pint of Guinness, says the Pearl. Thank you for that. Scotty Bailey from AAP is on the line to talk all things sport, of course. G'day, Scott. Morning, Matty. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. We're, we're covering uh, all sport from all directions this morning. I'm not sure if you've heard the little debate there about the AFL pumping a billion dollars into essentially grassroots and targeting New South Wales, Queensland. This this discussion's been around for quite a while. One of the one of the things that's popped up is what do you reckon that means for the NRL? And do you think the NRL are in a position to fight off that kind of war chest? Have you got a broad view on that? I think the previous call that may have been um, kind of made a good point there where I don't think Western Sydney, Western Brisbane is really in that much of a setup. AFL are making far more significant inroads than they did, say, 20 years ago in those regions. There's no doubt about that. But the demographics are, are pretty different. I think in the bush is probably where the biggest threat is for, for rugby league. I mean, obviously, we, it feels like a broken record. And it's kind of one of those things that we talk about. I know it sounds terrible, but it feels like on a quiet news day, it appears in the paper that bush footy is dying and but the reality is it is um it's a real struggle in the bush and you know there's inroads there that can certainly be made by the afl but i sort of i know i find it hard to believe that in working class sydney working class brisbane that the afl are going to make significant inroads on the nrl they might make some inroads and they have made some inroads but they're not exactly going to take over the nrl in those regions i wouldn't have thought yeah yeah and i i agree with you i think that last call about the demographics is absolutely Huge. Um, the article about, and, and your article about the bunker looking at field goals. I'm, I, can you just explain a little bit more to me about that? You, you've put it in great detail, but I'm just wondering, are they going to look at every single field goal attempt and go through it frame by frame? Or is this something that happens and if they see a problem, then they go through it frame by frame? Yes. So, so the same way in which tries are treated, and I have been told that essentially this is always... Uh, been available. It's just never happened, but this year it definitely will happen. So uh, after any point scoring play, the bunker uh, reviews the play, and they will do so for field goals this year, just as they do tries. So you cast your back, mind back to the last couple of seasons, a try scored, the referee nine times out of ten, if he believes there's a try, will give it a try on field. Uh, and then while the uh, goal kicker is lining up his kick, uh, the bunker will watch a few replays. If they spot something they think might be an issue, they, you know, message down to the referee and say, hang on, mate, we need you to make the magical rectangle or square in the air with your hands and we'll um, we'll review the try. And then nine times out of ten, once the try is reviewed, it comes back no try. 
uh, because the bunker is seeing something they don't like. So it'll be similar with field goals. Essentially, field goal is taken, it goes through. Uh, while they're returning to the halfway line for the kickoff, the bunker will have a look at a few replays. If they see something they don't like, they'll get the message down to the referee, hang on, stop play, stop the kickoff. Um, we're reviewing the field goal. The kick blockers, so there were uh, players from the attacking team standing around the ruck, loading around the ruck, stopping the markers or defenders from getting to uh, the halfback or whatever who's taking the field goal. Uh, it's no, no field goal. It's actually a penalty against the attacking team. Likewise, if the ball goes wide and it goes dead, uh, the bunker will review the play. And if they see that the markers weren't square or the uh, there was foul play, so, you know, a late shot on the field goal taker or whatever, they'll blow a penalty or get the message down to blow a penalty and it'll be a penalty to the attacking team. So essentially, uh, you know, almost every field goal shot will now be reviewed just like a try. Yeah. Okay, because I guess you're like me and like everyone, yeah. all up for accuracy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All up for accuracy, but not up for more stoppages in the game. And and the NRL doesn't want it either. I, th- I think we should point that out. The last thing the NRL wants is um, more official to more stoppages. They want to keep things moving, but they also recognise that there needs to be the correct decisions and accuracy made. So that's the fine line. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean, the way that used with tries is that we don't. I think we actually save more time than we used to because previously, if the referee thought it was a try, he'd send it upstairs to the bunker, say, I've got a try, can you check the onside? Whereas now they don't have to stop play to do that because the bunker automatically reviews every try. So, you know, I think we'll only see stoppages when the bunker thinks that uh, illegal play has occurred and the penalty needs to be blown. So we won't see stoppages to ch- if, you, if you get what I mean. Like the, the bunker will check it while there's automatically a stoppage in play anyway. So We'll only see extra stoppages when a decision needs to be changed nine times out of ten, I would suggest. Um, but one other yeah, interesting point you. on that too is they won't check offside. So if the defensive line has rushed off the line early, uh, the bunker won't check that because they don't check that for tries either. So I can see that becoming a talking point during the year, dare I say it. Yes, it will. And we'll be talking about it, dare I say that. Now, mm-hmm. cricket, mate, you must be looking forward to the, the series over there in New Zealand. A couple of things have popped up. Davey Warner's reflected on, you know, some of the verbal abuse, but that was back in 2016. But I, yeah. I look, I, I love this series because we need Australian New Zealand. I, I agree with David Warner. We need more of these matches and series against New Zealand. We need to get more interaction. But also, they've just had South Africa. They, they need they need somebody like Australia to be there. So start with the T20s, of course, and that, that starts tomorrow afternoon. I get the feeling this is going to be pretty pretty good across the board. Yeah, the T20s that have a lot of context this time, at least. Often we get these T20 series that, let's be honest, don't mean much, but this one does because it's the last one for Australia before the World Cup. Still a few decisions to be made around the team, not least of which who will captain it, whether Mitch Marsh keeps the reins for the World Cup. Uh, who the wicketkeeper will be. I know Matt Wade will miss the first game, so he'll, he won't play tomorrow, but there's a chance to play in the last two. Uh, just who's going to bat, you know, five, six, seven there. I'm not sure whether he can get a spot. Uh, who the bowlers are going to be. Will Australia go with their three frontline quicks for the T20 World Cup? Or will we see a goal at Nathan Ellis or Spencer Johnson even get a chance? So there's actually a lot to play out in the series, whether Steve Smith will open the batting for the World Cup, whether he misses the team completely. So... I'm actually I'm looking forward to this series, the, the T20s, and then the Test matches. You know, like you say, New Zealand needs more Test cricket. It's outrageous that Australia hasn't been scheduled to play there since 2016. It's outrageous. This is a two-Test series, not a three-Test series, I think. Um, 
I, I do have fears for New Zealand in this test series just because, you know, I, the wickets have changed a lot since Australia was last there in 2016. These aren't raging seamers anymore. They're a fair bit slower. I don't know there's a lot about New Zealand's bowling attack that's going to trouble Australia. Uh, Wagner v Smith will be interesting because obviously Wagner was the guy who first started bumping Steve Smith back in 2019 out here. Um, but now that Smith is opening the batting, whether he'll be able to take that ploy with the new ball, whether they'll waste the new ball on that with Steve Smith. So there's a bit to play out, I guess, in the next few weeks. But you're right, like the Test Series and the T20s actually look pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a beauty. And, of course, uh, the Chapel-Hadley Trophy will now be played for in the T20 Series. And when they do have a an ODI, they'll roll it into both of that. So that's a that's an aside to what's going to happen. But it'll get back out there tomorrow. Wellington, then the next two at Eden Park. Good on you, Scotty. I appreciate your time this morning. Always great to chat. Pleasure, Matty. Have a great day. Good man. Scott Bailey from AAP there. Let me know your thoughts around that one in particular, the field goal and the bunker getting involved. Uh, somebody's texted in saying, I need a bunker in my place. <laughs> I wonder, what would you use the bunker to rule on in your house? Are there things in, that happen at home or in your workplace where you'd appreciate the fact that a bunker could rule on it? With your kids, I don't know, with your family, with your boss, with your workmates? Is there something that happens throughout the course of the day where it's it to be good to just go to the bunker, do the old, like Scotty says, the imaginary box in the air, just turn around and draw it, and away you go. Somebody rules on what just happened in front of you. Let me know your thoughts on that. 20 past 11, back after the break.